Hey, podcaster. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shop Talk. This is a conversation with Jen LeBlanc. She's the operations manager for Roots and Ends Salons in Ohio. And after COVID, they came back and went deskless. We were absolutely enthralled by her experience of changing the salon from having a full working front desk to now being fully deskless, both both on the intake and the checkout. And I know this is going to be a very insightful and important conversation for everybody to listen to in the salon industry, both owners as well as stylists behind the chair. Um, that said, I'm going to get you into the episode, but don't forget, Right now, go to 124goacademy.com and download your free digital copy of Shop Talk. There are no strings attached. Just go to 124goacademy.com and download your free copy of Shop Talk now. Now, enjoy the episode. Sure, Jen LeBlanc, Salon Roots and N Salon Studios in Medina, Ohio. Awesome, and you do what? So I'm the operations officer and director of marketing for both businesses. Um, salon Roots is a commission-based salon. We have been in business 16 years this December, and N Salon Studios is our studio suite business, and that just celebrated six years, and we grow stylists from roots to ends. So instead of drawing that line between the two business models, we've made it part of our growth structure. So we all know that after five to eight years of an artist behind the chair and successful behind the chair, yep. that they get the itch. Yep. And if they get the itch, I would like them for them to be under our umbrella yep. versus getting the itch and awesome. wanting to go, go somewhere else. And is that how you guys stumbled upon, um, did you guys go from having a commission salon and then looking around outwards and going, Let's no, so what, so what actually place. happened, what actually happened was we created it as an insurance policy for ourselves. Okay. Um, about seven and a half years ago, we had a group of stylists that was with us from the beginning. We paid for them to go to shows around the world. We trained them. They came to us and said that they wanted to booth rent within the salon roots business model. And we said, we're not a booth rental salon. We can't have it. We can't have half of you do this and half of you. The, the energy of the salon, everyone wants to think that that would be fine, but it doesn't, it doesn't operate that way. We actually never thought that they would leave. And three days later, one of our clients actually came in and said, I, just got, a I got a letter, got a letter in the mail. Yeah. And four of them left at the same time. And it was our four, one, two, three, four top producers short of the owners behind the chair. And obviously it broke our hearts, but we put our mind to work. Cause at that time, your solas, your, your big box studio suite businesses were on the rise in, in our area, which is Northeast Ohio. We're right outside of Cleveland. And we kind of sat down one day and we were like, okay, it's not going away. Matter of fact, Sola is in our parking lot. So literally there's a plaza and Sola is a freestanding building in our parking lot. And I had actually been doing some research on if we could do it, how would we do it? And the good balance that I have with Jen and Sheila is, is their, hair, their hairdressers and their owner operators behind the chair. So all the decisions that they make are in the best interest of the artist. I balance that because I'm the business minded person. So I balance that level with them to say, yes, we need 
everything that's created is in the mind of the artist. So for example, at Ensalon Studios, we have uh, it's, we're open floor plan. Okay, so they have individual studios and suites, but it's communal shampoo bowls. Our lobby is communal. So the thought, like for example, they said the thought of being in a 12 by 12 room all day killed them. Yeah. They would never want that because hairdressers are social people. Yeah. You know, so we kind of, we've created a community and what we really love about ENDS is there's no animosity between roots and ENDS. Matter of fact, we make it a big deal if somebody goes from roots to ENDS when there's, when there's an opportunity. Um, we frequently have a waiting list. We're f completely full right now. You know, so it's something that has become part of our growth model. When we first did it, like Rowena said in our presentation, yeah. she hated me. Yeah. She hated she hated the idea behind yeah. it. We were too close. We we're about 40 miles, but she had a friend that was pretty close to us that lost some artists to us. Yeah. She wanted nothing to do with the model. Now I get an email a week from salon owners around the country yeah. wanting to, you know, how did they get started? How to figure this out? Because it's not going away. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's growing. But I have a feeling there's this voice in the back of our minds, you know, that goes, am I going against everything that I used that I used to believe? Mm -hmm. but, um, and I know that you guys kind of opened your presentation sort of by yeah. talking about like yeah. those, you know, some of those old beliefs and, and ideas. If so, you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. Yeah, totally. And for a lot of salon owners, you know, I like to think of myself as a more rebellious mind because I'm not a big fan of the in-the-box traditions yeah. and things like that. It has to be this way. You have to have a front desk. This is how the salon has to look. This is how you have to operate. But why? Yeah. If we learned anything during this pandemic year is you have to, you have to break free. Yeah. You have got to get yourself out of that 10 by 10 mindset yeah. that it has to be this way because this is how it's always been. We agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, a place I would start would be something like, you know, um, what do you think? Do you think of the top one or two challenges the industry faces right now? What do you think they were? And here's the thing, just to prep you, then I'm going to ask you, what are you doing about it? Okay. For sure, the first would be employee retention. Would be the first. Um, and is that different now than it was pre-pandemic? It is beyond awful right now. The industry is losing stylists for all different reasons from doesn't want to do hair anymore to decide to be a stay-at-home mom, completely change in a shift of an industry. It's hard. It's harder than it's ever been. And the reason that it is because come year three after cosmetology school, we call it the make or break year. Either they're going to be all in or they're going to keep swimming on top of the water. And by that point, if they haven't figured out how to be all in, then it's almost grow them up, grow them up, grow them up and out, or grow them within the business. You know, so that's for sure the biggest challenge right now is, is recruiting. We are trying to embrace, um, so Stephanie Fox is here and she'd be a great yeah. one yeah, for you I've to talk about. Yeah, I've met her on a thing and yeah. I'm going to hunt her down. Yeah. So, we are trying to, I've been working with her loosely um, because this, that's her, that's her wheelhouse. And how... Retention is her wheelhouse? Recruiting. 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 And employee retention, kind of going, going with that because we have to meet these artists where they're at. So these young artists, they're not, we came from a generation where we, were, we worked for money. They're working for freedom. 
you know, what they're working for is so different than the generation and the mindsets and the things that, that we came from. Sure. So, you know, with that, we have to embrace new ways of getting what we want from those artists and how are we going to keep them? You know, so that's probably what I would say the biggest, yeah, the biggest challenge. Yeah. You know, even, even with ends, everyone thinks that everyone wants to booth rent because they want to own their own business. Oh, that's bullshit. They're not. You know, you have, you have women with families that don't want to work Saturdays because their kids play sports. So that's why they're there. You have some that, quite frankly, wanted to choose their own product line. And that's what, you know, they, didn't, they don't want to work within that box. You know, everyone's why is different. Some of the whys are, some do want to eventually own their own salon. We've had those that went to ends and opened a beautiful salon because they want to see if they can do it on sure. that small level before doing it, before doing it on the big level. You know, so everyone's reasoning behind that is always different, but you have to meet them where they're at. Well, the question is, we're having a, um, a challenge holding on to people, mm -hmm. right? And I, I'm assuming part of that is where we've got to fill that, that gap up. It's all about being flexible, okay. you know, Gone are the days, like we mentioned in our presentation, where you have to work 40 hours, you have to work every other Saturday, you have to do this. For us at Salon Roots, we ask that you work 24 hours a week. And whether that's two 12s or four or six hour shifts, you have to work 24 hours. We operate a split shift system, so you know, eight to two, two to eight. Within that time, if you are working at 12, your minimum behind the chair is $1,000. If you're working a six-hour shift, you have to produce a five, $500. If you are not producing what you need to produce in that allotment of time, then we are going to add hours to you, possibly even Saturdays, okay? We're not gonna make you work it, but if you're not hitting what we have figured out that we need from you behind the, or more, then we are going to add hours into your day. Now, we haven't had a shortage of guests and cheeks and sh seats and three years, but really in the past year and a half, okay? So what we have done to kind of succumb and balance a lot of that is we've gradually increased our pricing. You know, so with that, the girls are making more money. Sure. We've ultimately had to become much more flexible when those 20-somethings, they request a lot of days off, they're going to a concert. You know, gone are the days of saying, well, you're gonna have to trade with somebody. We, we let them go because if we don't, then it creates a animosity. And when that day is bad, it's like, well, they never let me take, can't get the day off. My dog needs to go to the vet. You're like, Geez. I think what sparked you and, you and Rowena's, Rowena's relationship mm -hmm. was the deskless thing as well. So that, was, it, was it you that brought that to the table? It was me, it was me. So we've been deskless um, since coming back from the pandemic. So last year, so a little over 18 months now. But we had been researching it for about two years. The independent contractor said they run their own business, right, so there's, there's nothing there. We are deskless in the commission-based side as well. And we had been researching it for about 18 months, and I kept like encouraging Jen and Sheila, I'm like, we have to do this. It is, it's the way the world is going. They want a more intimate experience. And they, and they like most salon owners, were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this. Yeah. So. When in Ohio, they had people restriction numbers when we came back from the reopening. I was blowing up their phone. I was like, 
this, this is, is the time. This is the, this time. Is the time. We are not at fault. Yeah. We didn't fire them. Yeah. In the back of my head, I'm like, they just missed like 30 some days of work in yeah. the past two years. Yeah. They're always late. It doesn't yeah. matter what we pay them. Yeah. It does. It's not enough. If you pay them too much, they think they own the salon. If you pay them too little, they're not coming to work. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it was a long list of things. So we took that opportunity to do a little test pilot run. And we were like, listen, if we can only have 10 bodies in the salon at a time, I need somebody who's going to produce revenue as that body, not somebody that costs the salon revenue. My office is actually in N Salon Studios, so and they're actually in the same plaza. So I have, we converted a suite into essentially like our operations office for both businesses. So we took that opportunity and we, we were a Millennium client. We transitioned to Mevo quite quickly because of the client facing register capabilities. And we were still shut down at this time we made this decision. And I said, we just ripped the Band-Aid off. We don't make a big deal about it. We didn't tell our staff. Okay. They quickly realized day one, we d they didn't have it when it came back. Like she said, they all kind of jumped right in of like, okay. I like the fact that my tickets aren't jacked up. Because of the fact that you guys were just reopening. So you just didn't, it was sort of like, we just don't have them back. Yet. We just don't have them back. Okay. And with that being said, prior to this, the day that, because this helps, helps the cause, the days that Ohio was announced salons were reopening, within three hours, we had 157 voicemails, okay? So I couldn't call my front desk girl and say, you're gonna call these people back because she didn't work for, not unbeknownst to them, she didn't work for me anymore. But, I put up a message on all of our socials, blasted it on text, text message, email blasted it out, and I said, you want to book an appointment? You don't want to wait in line? Book online. There are nine places on our homepage alone that invite you and encourage you to book online. From that point forward, gradually, even the older clients are like, oh my God, it is so easy. It is three clicks. I can see all my appointments. I can even see all my past visit notes. Suddenly, it was like this hadn't been there for nine years. Suddenly, okay. Now, I will say from a client aspect, Mevo, the platform for it is their online booking structure is significantly easier than Millennium's was. So same company, but how they had redesigned it. So it is quite easy for somebody then to, to book online, okay? And from that point on, we were able to decrease the phone calls, decrease the phone calls, decrease the phone calls, because then I also said, text me, okay? Text the salon. They didn't know who was responding back. They didn't know if it was me, Tom, Dick, or Harry. It didn't matter, okay? But as we were able to decrease the phone calls, then when the guest was in the salon, we said, guess what? We ever get shut down again, you better make sure you have an appointment on the book, okay? Because all the appointments that were booked out when we came back, we honored them, okay, obviously. So. You let, you're a four-weeker, yeah. and you typically don't book ahead. I'm telling you, you better book ahead. We coached and changed the mindset of the guest to now, I bet you on a daily basis, we get 13, 14 phone calls. We're almost a million-dollar revenue year salon, just, just shy of it. And I don't have a phone that rings off the hook. Fucking hook. All day long. To the point to where I answer the phone. It's forwarded to, we have a root cell phone, okay? And I, I have a headset, and in that rare occasion, I answer. And usually that's a new guest, yeah. you know, that's somebody that doesn't. And so once then, 
once they know that process, they're not calling anymore. You know, and those, you know, a lot have become so accustomed to the text mes text messaging structure through it yeah. that once then I close when they call of just so you know, we encourage you to book online 24 seven, et cetera. Right. Oh, I didn't even know I could do that. Fantastic. Uh, let me tell my kids. Can my kid make an account? Yes. You know, so with that, that's kind of changed. The other big game changer for being deskless is the self-pay feature that Mevo has. So. Mevo has a self-pay feature where you can, you don't need an app, you don't need to download anything. I go to checkout from my services and the guest is sending, the artist sends a text message to the guest. They click on a link. They can store their credit card. Everything is done with literally one click to their phone. So when we're coming back from the pandemic, we were like, we don't want you to touch anything. So even the older clients were like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch, I don't want to touch anything, but I don't really want to give out my credit card. And like, it doesn't have, you don't have to save it. You can. Now they're like, oh my God, I could just leave my purse in the car. Yeah. All you need your phone, you know? So nothing happens overnight with any of this. Okay. And it, there's growing pains, of course, along the way that occur, but it can be done. And I feel it can be done with easily, no matter the size of the salon. Perhaps you need more kiosks, okay? Perhaps you need a little bit more direction, okay? But the idea is, is to be fully mobile. Absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah, I've been on, I've been on several. I've been on Beyond the Technique. Um, yeah, yeah, J-L-E-B-L-A-N-C at salonroots.com. And roots is with the C, R-O-O-T-Z.com. You know, if we learned anything in the past 18 to 20 months, is if we don't evolve, we die. Right. And that seems so dramatic. Mm -hmm. But if we don't put ourselves in a position to be there for our clients, wherever our clients are, whether it's right. e-commerce, whether it's ease of booking, whether it's a more intimate experience so that the salon feels like their Apple experience or their experience at the Westin or however, we have to put ourselves on those playing fields because if we don't, they're going to find somebody who's going to, right. okay? Somebody you know, hair, hair is a billion dollar plus year industry in services. There are in Medina alone, within like 12 square miles, there's over 300 hairdressers. Crazy, if yeah. you include all the little mom and pops, right. there's a Sola that has 50 people in it. Yeah. You know, those are all individual salons. Right. There's like 300. If you don't wow them from your service, right. from customer service, two hundred ninety-nine other people that will gladly take their money right. and probably aren't half as talented. I got a, I got a last sort of a question for you. Recently, we heard somebody say that services, uh, that that experience. millennial ex experience, service and experience are are dead. That millennials don't require that. Mm -hmm. I just want to know your straight response, like just your kind of initial response on that. I actually disagree. Yeah, we disagree too. I, I, dis I disagree because it's the... It's a different experience. It's a different experience. But they what, still want one. They still want one, but they want it on their level. They want a text for that appointment, okay? They want, they want that LaCroix from the cooler. They, yeah. want, it, they want to get it themselves. Yeah. You know, they want... The, what they, they still want an experience, but they want it on their level. It's the millennials that are bringing in those those pictures from Instagram where they live and I you know if you 
where we run into that challenge is is that obviously most of those looks aren't happening yeah. overnight yeah. okay yeah. take the fact of a filter and all these other things that kind of play into that that they want what they want and they'll find somebody on their level to get it or give it to them today they want instant gratification you know most of the time i could tell via the direct message you know i could tell the generation because they communicated via direct message on instagram or something like that and you're like i get it but they also want it right now you know so it's our job to paint that picture of we will get there but it might not be today you know and it's kind of coaching them through that patience that they don't have because their attention span is less than a goldfish you know so they want when they want when they want it's how we can continuously evolve to meet them where they're at while still keeping in mind a demographic of older guests that you need no we're still there (laughs) you know and to be honest with you who has the money it's the older it's the older clientele that has that that has that money to spend you know I love I love the generation of the balayage and I love the artistic talent behind it and I love everything I love the look okay but when I have my young hairdressers that come to me and say that's what I want to do all day long I don't want to cut hair I don't want to do those four-week root touch-ups all I want to do is balayage just I said okay you know how many people you need to do just balayage? you can do it okay but you better do the math okay at least at least, because you know how many times they get their hair done a year? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're too shy to give them the intermediate services. Okay. Or to request them to come in soon. And how about charge? Yeah. The true. What? Okay. What we learned though through being deskless is we went through that struggle for 16 years. Oh my God, I don't know if I can charge for the toner. They had a lot of hair, it's not their fault. I don't think I could charge for that extra bleach. Now, because they're checking out the service themselves. You better believe they don't forget a damn thing that they did. But why is that different? I feel like because they take ownership behind what they're doing a little bit more. Because before, it was, they would come back and complain about it, and you're like, but you didn't make that change. Okay? So they would come back, they would play that over, and be like, oh my God, I only charge her $150. I just worked in her hair for four hours. You're like, do you do the math? You made less than $20 an hour right, right there. Yeah. We tried to bill out on $100 an hour right. type sure. in, in the perfect, in the yeah. perfect scenario. Sure. You know, but that was a blame train of, oh, they didn't check the service out. Now it's like, listen, you forgot a service, that's on you. you know? But I feel like they're more attentive to everything that they're doing. And that really changed with them checking out their own oh, services. Okay. Hey, podcast, we hope you enjoyed that episode as much as John and I enjoyed talking with Jen. She's an amazing person. You're going to be hearing more from her on the podcast. Just another reminder, go to 124goacademy.com right now and download your free episode of Shop Talk. It's going to be around for another 12 days and then it's going to disappear. Have a great day.